Hey, did you have a good Christmas? Great. All right. Yeah. We had a great time celebrating Jesus' birthday too. And I always think it's great that on Jesus' birthday, we get gifts. Anybody else think that's like, that's so cool. Like, uh, it's just awesome. Can I show you one of my gifts? Is that all right? All right. Okay. I want to show you one of, one of my favorite gifts. I got lots of great gifts, but this is one of my favorites. This, how, now that I'm a grandpa, pictures are the best. Have, have you noticed that as you get older, like pictures are the best. This was one of my best gifts. Allie and Ryan gave this to me. They put it in a frame. This is one of my best gifts. They say that a picture says a thousand words and they're right. <laughs> yeah, like I didn't know the picture turned out that way because I was just doing cheese. If this was a video, you'll hear both, both of us going, cheese, because <laughs> that's how we get Jay to, Jay to smile. But I had no idea he was looking at Papa. So um, that's pretty cool. So that's one of my best gifts. We were at the Grand Canyon, obviously, in the background, and um, it's just cool to have a grandson and another on the way. So we're excited. Um, so thanks for uh, grandkids, Lord. That's good. All right, so here's what we're going to do this morning. Um, I want to take a little bit of time to kind of close out our theme from 2022, uh, Do I Trust God? Because as we kind of ran right into Christmas, maybe it's a little bit hard to kind of finalize that in your heart and in your mind and in your spirit. So I want to take some time, kind of finalize that, and I want to transition us into our new question for 2023 which I will keep a secret for just a little bit, just to keep you on the edge of your seat. But um, one of the things that I love about New Year's and I love about being here today is, are you like me that every time a new year rolls around, you start to think about all the new things you should do, right? So we, we do, we think about that. I need a new diet, although I don't need a new diet. I've been on an old diet and I don't like it and I'm gonna have to continue it. And so I'm just on this new diet. Um, and uh, by the way, uh, one of the belts that I'm wearing is now in my last hole. So uh, 30 pounds since September. So uh, yeah, don't clap. This diet stinks. <laughs> I'm starving to death here, people. <laughs> I feel better, but yeah. Uh, how many of you want to organize your life differently? You start to think about, okay, what calendar do I need to get? What do I need to do digitally on my phone? I need to, I need to organize my life better. We, we think about focusing on our finances a little bit different way. But in some way or another, we start to focus on something new, don't we? And that's good. I think that when a new year comes around, it drives our thoughts. It drives our ambitions of doing something new. And I think the same should be true for us as followers of Jesus. The things that we do as followers of Jesus are spiritual practices, and they're with us all the time, but, uh, but it's always good to think about, okay, what, what's something new I could do for Jesus this year? What's something new I could do in my Bible study? What's something new I could do in prayer? What's something new I could do for my neighbors or for the people around me that would show Jesus more out of my life? And so I think this is a good time to begin to think about what are some things that we can do new um, for Jesus in this next year. And as a pastor, I start to think about that. Okay, how, how are we going to lead Cheney Faith Center different this year? What are the areas as a church that we need to continue, that we're doing well? What are the things that aren't going so good? And maybe those things are going to stop. What's something new we're going to start in our discipleship making? So we start to give extra attention to all those things, just like you do. Because discipleship as a Christian is really, really important. 
And it's important that you and I talk about how we live for Jesus daily and the things that we're doing to, to know, grow, and go for Jesus. But I want to spend some time just kind of putting a comma on this idea that we talked about trusting God. And so in a minute, in, in a minute, I'm going to ask us to pray about that. Because I don't want us to just say, hey, that's something we did and we talked about trusting God with all of our heart and now we're just going to move on to the next thing. Because that's not how trust works. And that's not how our life in Christ works. We continually work on things all throughout our life. And so in, in a couple of minutes, I'm going to have us pray and, and I'm going to use a prayer prompt for this. And the prayer prompt is simply this. I can continue to trust God with blank, fill in the blank. Because trusting God does not stop because we move on to a different subject to study in his word. Amen. Amen. We're going to continue to trust him. It's the foundation of our walk with him. Now in 2022, we did something new as a church. We focused all of our messages and all of our Sunday morning discipleship on one question. Do I trust God? We'd never done that before. I'd never done that with the messages before. And I was talking to someone this morning and he said, um, hey, are, are we going to do the one question thing again? And I said, well, it's, it's kind of a secret. You're going to have to find out. And he said, well, I have to, can I confess something to you this morning? And I said, sure. He said, you know, he's been going to church for a long time. He said, when you announced last February that we were going to study one question all year long, I'll be honest, Pastor Mark, I thought that was the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I thought, that's going to be the dumbest year ever. And he said, I want you to know, it's been the best year for me. It's been the best. As I've grown deeper with Christ, and I've opened my heart and my mind to deep things and studied over and over again, it's become richer and richer. And so I'm encouraged by that. I've heard lots of stories like that. And that's what it enabled us to do. We've received lots of positive comments about this style of teaching and discipleship and how it's helped many of you grow and focus on Jesus. Because focusing on one question gives us the opportunity to really drill down. Instead of just studying a subject and next week we're on to the next one. You get to really drill down and find out, am I really trusting God? Is this really happening in my life or not? It gives us the opportunity to mine out all of the truths and all of the gold that you can find in God's word, find all those verses, talk about those verses, talk about that subject, and, and get into a serious life habit that's invaluable to every one of us as we trust God deeper. See, every person on earth, I believe, is wrestling with how they are trusting God and to what degree they are trusting God. Now, my heart is that as a church, you're not wrestling with that as much as you might have been in February. <laughs> I'm hoping that you've grown some and you're not, you're not wrestling with trusting God as much as you might, might have 11 months ago. And we're always going to continue, but I hope that you're firmly rooted in trusting God and in God's word and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, this confidence enables us to live out God's word in a significant way. Throughout the year, we had a theme verse to guide us in our messages about trusting God with all our heart, and it was Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which simply says that, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. The message version says it like this. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. I love that line. How many of you like that line? (laughs) don't, Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, he's the one who will keep you on track. When we started this journey back in February to trust God more, um, I asked us four questions based on this verse. And I'd like to ask them again. And here's why I'd like to ask them again. I'd like you to think about maybe where, how, you, how you were trusting God in February. What was your level of trust in God in February? And as I ask these questions again, think about where you're at now and where the Holy Spirit's taken you and how you've grown. So uh, these were the four questions that I asked based on this verse. Based on verse five, the, per, the part that says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, we ask this question. Am I gonna give God all of me? So where are you at? In February, maybe you were like, ah, I give God 60% of me. Maybe now you're more. Maybe you're like, oh, I give God like 75% of me now. Great, there was growth. How about the next line that said, lean not on your own understanding or don't try to figure out everything on your own. We asked this question. Am I going to trust God or myself? Right? Because that's the next step, right? I'm either going to trust myself or I'm going to trust God. Which is it? Which do I do more? Because let's be honest, right? There's days that we trust ourselves and then there's days that we trust God and that kind of goes back and forth, doesn't it? And there's moments like that too, but we want to be people that trust God all the time. So am I going to trust God or myself? And then verse six, going into verse six, in all your ways, submit to him or listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. We ask this question, am I going to live for God or the culture around me? That's a tough question. Am I going to live for God or the culture around me? Because we all know there's lots of loud voices in culture right now, aren't there? Lots of distractions, lots of things, always wanting our attention and desiring for us to worship it instead of worshiping the Lord. And so we ask that question, am I going to live for God or the culture around me? So how are you doing? How are you doing in February? How are you doing now? And then the last one, he will make our path straight. We ask this question, do I trust God with my future? Because if I say, God, God's making my path straight. God's, God's in control of my path, in, in control of my life. Then he's in control of my present, but he's also in control of my future. And I can trust him with it. No matter what the future brings, good or bad, I'm going to trust God in the middle of it because trusting God's not about my circumstances or what's going on around me. It's just based on my relationship with him. And I love him. And I love being in relationship with him. And I can trust him always. My hope is that you know how to trust God better today than you did 11 months ago. But I'd also like to pause right here and and just kind of finalize our thoughts and finalize this idea of trusting the Lord, but not finalize the spiritual habit of putting our trust in God. Because putting our trust in God is really, really important, and it's important to continue that. So I'd like, I'd like us to break just for a moment in the middle of service right now and just do something intentional with our heart 
and with our mind and with our body language and with our actions and with our brothers and sisters to continue this idea of continuing to trust God with this prayer prompt. I can continue to trust God with fill in the blank. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to break up into groups around you, either with people behind you, next to you, around you, and form a little tiny prayer group and, and pray this prayer prompt with that little group of people that you're going to share your heart with just for a moment. I can continue to trust God with blank. So what have you been trusting God with through 2022 as we've been talking about it? But you're not going to stop just because we go on to a new subject. You're going to continue. So what's that going to be? How, what, do you, what are you trusting God with? Um, and what, how are you going to continue to trust him through 2023? Okay? All right. So... Um, Ready? Go. Okay. Let me just put a semicolon here for a second, and would you pray with me? <clears throat> Jesus, we thank you for 2022. We thank you for what you've did, you did in this past year, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for your strength and your power and your presence in our lives over this past year. We thank you that that will continue into this next year because you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. We thank you, Jesus, that um, you're moving in this world, that you're moving in us, and that we had a great year of learning to trust you better. I pray that that would continue, that we would continue to grow in that, that we would understand more and more every day what it means to trust you with all of our heart, and to not trust ourselves, but to trust you, to not live in the world around us, but to focus our hearts and our lives on you. And would you help us um, to just put a good semicolon right there and to just carry that right into this next year in 2023 as we continue to grow in you. So we give you thanks, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Thanks for praying. Thanks for taking a moment to trust God in the middle of our service and to trust him with your life and your future in this next year. All right. So because we really enjoyed this idea of answering one question and just what it brought to our lives, we're going to do that again this year. And so we've been praying about that as pastors and leaders and talking about that and studying some things in God's Word. And um, I'm pleased to announce to you with great excitement and anticipation that our new question for 2023 will be this, what do I believe? What do I believe? Now, it's a big question, isn't it? It's a huge question. Now, our vision for 2023 is for all of us to discover what we believe, what we believe about God and why we believe it. Because when you know what you believe, then you understand how to live. You understand your purpose in life. You understand the values in life. You understand the purpose of God's word, the promises in God's word, the foundation of God's word in your life. You begin to understand all that when you understand what you believe. We want to encourage the spiritual discipline that we find in God's word and, and then put that into practice based on what we believe. And we want to know the truth. Did you know that the truth is not mysterious? It's not hard to find. It's not difficult. We all have a Bible at home. We just have to open it and figure out what am I going to believe about God? And how's that going to lead me to live in this world? So our discipleship question 
for 2023 is what do I believe? And we hope that you will grow in Christ as we explore what we believe about God and his purposes in our life. Now, last year, we talked about our heart needs or what our heart needs and our heart needs to trust God. That's why Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. This year, we're gonna focus on what we're doing with our brain, with our mind, with our thoughts, with our thinking. We believe, or what we believe, is formed and then it's processed daily in our brains. So in our minds is where we decide what to believe and what we believe dictates how we live daily. That's, that's just true. So if you want to live for Jesus daily, then your heart and your mind need to be working together in unity. They have to be working together in unity and they have to be focused on serving Jesus in every area of your life in order to worship him fully. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 22, 37, when a young man asked him, what is the most important commandment in all of scripture? And Jesus said what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Now Jesus said this, your heart and your soul and your mind are incredibly important to your worship to God. So we talked all year last year about what we're doing with our heart. And this year, we're going to talk all year, what am I doing with my mind? Am I in God's word? Do I think about God's word? Do I think about what the Holy Spirit's doing in my life every day? Or is there a bunch of stinking thinking going on up there? What's, what's going on? Let's, let's work on that. Let's focus on that. Because what we believe is extremely powerful. It's extremely powerful. Let me give you an example. The Apostle Paul does what I believe, biblically anyway, the best job of helping us understand the theology of our mind. The, the understanding that the way that we think about God and the way that we process life in terms of who God is and what God's doing now in our life and what he's going to do in the future is extremely important to the way we live for the Lord. And he talks about it a lot. He talks about our mind and our thinking all the time. Let me show you two verses that I think in particular are very important on this subject. One is in Ephesians chapter 1 and the other is in Romans chapter 8. The first one is in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. And he says this, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, let me just stop there, okay? So let me, let's put ourselves in the, in the Ephesians shoes just for a moment. They've heard the message of truth that was totally fresh to them. They'd never heard this, the message of truth before, the message of Jesus Christ, right? They have not heard that before. The only thing they knew before was that the Roman and the Greek gods were the ones that saved them and that they needed to serve. But Paul came along and taught them about the creator of the universe, Jesus Christ, and about how he left heaven and came to earth and died on a cross and rose again so that you, might have, you and I might have eternal life. As they processed that new message of truth, their salvation, it 
Paul says this, when you believed. When you believed that truth, when you began to say, hold on a second, I think this could be right. I need to believe that message of Jesus instead of the Roman and Greek gods that I've known my whole life. So as I've taken, as, as I believed in the message of truth of who Jesus is, my life is changing. That's what Paul's saying. Your life is changing as a result of your belief. And then he goes on. He says, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. And then jump down to verse 18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Two times in this section, the Apostle Paul says, the way that we believe and the way that we think about and process in our brain who Jesus is drastically changes our life. Let me explain. Paul basically says this, when you believe in Jesus Christ and you, you believe the message of truth and you believe that Jesus is your savior, your life changes drastically. In fact, everything about who you are changes. But in particular, Paul says this, the first thing that happens is you are included in Christ. When you believe in Jesus, you are included in Christ. When you and I believed in Jesus, we didn't just, it wasn't just something personal. We became included in the entire family of God from the beginning of time to the end of time. All of us together, walking on a path to serve and love Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and our personal Savior. We've been included in Christ. Paul said, when you believed, you were marked with a seal, the Holy Spirit. Now, we don't think that this is necessarily a big deal, but in the first century, having a seal marked on you was, was very, very important. You would seal a letter. Um, most of your, what? What's a letter? <laughs> you mean an email, Pastor Mark? No, I mean an actual letter. And the only way that you knew the letter was valid, and the only way that you actually followed the direction in the letter was that it was sealed. And what, what Paul is saying here is that when you believed in Jesus, in your heart and in your mind and in your spirit and in your life and in your future, there's a wax thing on the top of your head and God sealed you in the Holy Spirit. And you are now included in Christ. And your future is heaven. You are marked with the Holy Spirit. And then because you believe, you are now beginning, as, possible, as the Apostle Paul says, to understand your future inheritance in heaven. You're beginning to understand that you have so much more spiritually than you do physically. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't save so that you have something when you're retiring. That's dumb. It's not what we're saying. But you need to understand that our spiritual inheritance is so much better than our physical inheritance. And when you begin to follow Christ and you believe all of the promises in his word, then you begin to understand all of the things that are yours and that are mine in Christ 
that are way better and way more important and way more powerful than anything physical because they're rooted and grounded in the kingdom of God that is mostly spiritual. That happens when you believe. And then lastly, verse 19, Paul says, when you believe, you also begin to understand that you have a hope, you have a glorious inheritance, but you also have great power. Right now, right here, to live this life for Christ in a world that ignores him and doesn't like him and is processing life in a completely different way. But Paul says these are all things that happen in your life when you believe, when you think correctly about Jesus. And that's where we're heading. In Romans chapter 8, verse 5 and 6, he said something similar but even deeper. He said this, those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit, and Spirit is capitalized because he's talking about the Holy Spirit. Those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Now, as your pastor, I want you to live in peace. Amen? Amen. I want you to have a great life, and I want you to live life to the fullest. Well, if you're going to live life to the fullest, you're going to have to come to know and believe everything about Jesus. Life to the fullest is not skydiving and climbing mountains and doing everything on earth. Life to the fullest means Jesus is in your life. In fact, when Jesus is in your life, those things become, become even better. The fun things that we get to do on our planet as a result of being Americans, amen? Those fun things that we get to do, when you know Jesus and you believe Jesus and you understand his greatness, they become even better because you're thankful for them. But here's what Paul says that's really important. If my mind, if what I believe and the things I'm thinking about are not focused on the Spirit, then most of what I'm thinking about is pointless. It's meaningless. In fact, Paul says it's just leading me to death. But when I think about what the Holy Spirit wants me to do today and tomorrow and how he's moving my life and how he's pointing me to Jesus and how he's running me into other people so that I can point them to Jesus... And I begin to understand that and process that in my brain and in my thoughts every single day, every new day, then my life begins to be filled with life and peace. And I'm not caught up in all of the craziness of this world that the enemy wants us to be caught up in. And instead of being in life and peace, we're stuck in what? Stress and anxiety and worry. And that's not where Jesus wants us to live. And so that's where we're heading because we understand that our brain is a very powerful tool given to us by God. And when our beliefs and our thoughts are connected to the trust that we have in our hearts, then great faith can take place in our lives. This study will be important because it has great potential 
for each of us to grow in our faith, but also to grasp the beliefs that we have as followers of Christ. There are specific things that you and I have in this book that are are important to us as the family of believers. And that this is the truth, and we understand that, and that we believe that, and that we understand what it says in light of how we are living today. So this is a very important study because um, we need to understand that and we need to be able to live in it. We also need this study because have you noticed, anyone in the room maybe might have noticed maybe a little bit of attack on biblical beliefs today? Small, minor. And if we don't know what we believe, you might believe something that's false. If you don't know what the Bible says and you don't know how you're supposed to believe and what God wants us to think because he's smarter than all of us, then we'll just get caught up in every whim, every new thing that comes blowing down Facebook. And we can't do that. That's not who we are. That's not how God wants us to live. He wants us to live solid lives based on his word. And so we have to know what we believe. So that's where we're heading. So I'm very excited to answer this question in 2023. What do I believe? Now, before we answer that question, we're going to take 21 days of fasting and prayer. So let me just talk about that for a minute, because I believe that this is a very important process, even preparing us for studying what we believe, but also a very important spiritual habit for every single one of us. And I'm glad that we're doing it this year to spend intentional time in prayer and fasting. Now, we're going to do this as an entire denomination, so we're going to join our entire denomination. So lots of other Foursquare churches are going to be doing this as well. Some won't, but some will. And so um, every year, our denomination asks us to fast and pray at the beginning of the year for 21 days and to just focus our lives on what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And I'm glad that they do that. I'm glad that that's their direction. They say, hey, we notice that it's really important for every single one of us to spend intentional time in God's presence and say, Lord, what do you have for me this year? What do you, what do you want to change in me this year? How do you want me to grow? What are the things I don't see in my own life and help me see them this year? Holy Spirit, what do you want to convict me of this year? What do you want to do in me? And so spending 21 days um, in fasting and prayer is a great way to do that. And we'll be doing that with fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, at Cheney Faith Center, and around our country. So you will get this little journal as you leave this morning. There's one for every one of you. And it will take you day by day, starting on January 9th through 21 days of prayer and fasting. So I hope you will set aside... Um, some specific time each day to say, this is going to be my time to pray. And then you're also going to spend some significant time fasting and you'll, you'll be able to pick out whatever you want to do for fasting. Fasting is just a spiritual practice to give up something so that you can get something. Okay. Now, how does that work? Um, Have you ever noticed how good God is at giving gifts? Okay. When we give, when we give up something to him, he always fills that with something else. And that's all fasting is. If I give up food, 
I begin to discover something, which I have since September. Um, and I'm not just talking about giving God my weight, right? That's not the point. I begin to discover I, I, I desire food. But do, do I desire food more than I desire Jesus? Remember what Jesus said when his disciples said um, they were in the boat and he'd been praying all night and they said to Jesus, do you need some food? And Jesus says, I have food that you know not of. And they're like, what? He's got bread in his pocket? (laughs) See, they didn't get it, but fasting helps you get it. When you give up food and you understand your stomach gets hungry, And instead of going to eat, you pray. You begin to understand what? That prayer is as important as physical food. That my spiritual life and what God desires for my life is just as important as my desire for food. Now, we all have different desires, right? So last year, I fasted fasted media for 21 days. Nothing. No TV, as minimal a phone as I can. In fact, after the 21 days, I didn't even reload any of the social media apps on my phone. I haven't, I haven't since last February. So I have no more Instagram, no more Facebook, no more Twitter, no more. And I have to say, life is good. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Now, are there times that I don't hear about something before somebody else? There are. Yeah. But I also have recognized that my mind is not wandering constantly to other things. And my mind is on a better path to, to notice the Holy Spirit right away instead of something I just saw or clicked on on Twitter. And that doesn't mean that if you're doing social media that you're a bad person. That's not the point. You get it. But maybe you would fast something and you would just say, hey, this is, this is what I'm going to give up. I'm going to give this up in the hopes that the Holy Spirit will fill that with something new and fresh in my life that I need to see or I'm not noticing right now. So, which leads me to two questions. What do you believe about prayer? As we head into a time of prayer and fasting, what do you believe about prayer? What do you believe about fasting? Can they change your life? Completely, totally, radically? Could prayer and fasting change your life? Could they give you a completely new outlook on the depth of your relationship with God? See, I believe they can. But that means you and I have to take that step of saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. I'm going to invest in my spiritual life for the next 21 days. And I'm going to make it my life. And I'm going to see some things change. Because I believe that they can and they do change our life because they are powerful biblical habits. Not because it's just something cool to do, but because they are biblical truths. And we trust God's promises in his word. See, we know that God hears our prayers. We know that he moves on behalf of his people. And so we want to take time to talk to him and ask him to move on behalf of his people, to move in our city, to move in our world for his glory, for his purposes, and for the salvation of many. We're excited to begin another year by spending intentional time in God's presence and to make deep commitments through a time of fasting because fasting is a deep commitment. And so you're making a deep commitment for Jesus and that's important. 
And the journal will help you do that. So the journal will help you walk through that and work your way through it. And so you'll get one as you go. I want to read something to you as we begin to close and head towards communion this morning and just focus our lives on Jesus. Um, the president of our denomination wrote just a little something. You'll see it in the beginning of your journal. But I wanted to read it to us this morning um, in, in the hopes that you'll just get this in your heart and your mind. So this is from the president of our denomination, Randy Remington. And he says this, As we start 2023 together as a four-square global community, we intentionally fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. All of the Father's love and provision for us is located in the person of Jesus. The Holy Spirit leads us to Jesus, appropriating in our lives all that he has accomplished through his death and resurrection. He is the beginning and the end, the first and the last. In him we live and move and have our very being. As we celebrate 100 years of Foursquare, we remember first and foremost that Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. Each day for 21 days, we invite you to join with thousands of other followers of Jesus in a consistent and united time of prayer. In addition, consider choosing to fast as the Lord leads you. There are helpful resources that you can find on foursquareprayer.org if you need help. Now, let us pray together, church. Randy Remington, president of U.S. Foursquare Church. I'm, I'm excited to see what the Holy Spirit will do. 21 days is a good, good little, it's like three weeks. It's good. You can do anything for three weeks. And you have no idea what God can do in three weeks. I mean, think, think for a moment, and the things that God has done in an instant. In six days, he created billions of galaxies. What could he do in 21 days? In a moment, he, he parted an ocean. What could he do in 21 days? In one moment, in one moment, all of creation was healed when Jesus said, it is finished. If God can do that in a moment, what could he do in you in 21 days? I'm going to ask you just for a moment here, for about a minute. Could you just take a minute and we're just going to go to personal prayer. And I want you to take some time, confess your sin to Jesus as we head towards communion. Think about 2023. And then we're going to sing a song and our ushers will pass out our communion and then we'll partake together. But let's just pause for a minute here. Just take a minute and give your heart to him.